0: Hello again, my knowledge thirsty beauties. We have another delicious meal for those frontal cortexes. Today we have in the house, Mr. Seth Mantle. Woo woo, he is my fraternity brother. He is a deep thinking philosophical man and he is a Yinzu through and through. Seth, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good, Dugan, how about you, ma'am? I'm doing well. Now, for those out there who might not be in the know and know, what exactly do I mean by a yinzer? What is that nonsense I'm speaking?
1: (laughs) Uh, Essentially, probably just somebody who was born and raised in Pittsburgh, like myself. Um, I mean, you don't have to actually live in the city, though, to be considered a yinzer. It's kind of almost like a whole Western PA Type of thing, I guess. It's like a
0: cult, it's like a cultural identity, if you will. No, I think it's cool when like cities or whatever small local entities uh, have their own identity. I think that's a lot more um, fun. I know we both went to school in Greenville, Pennsylvania, and I think <laughs> we would agree they're not exactly. I I wouldn't say that Greenville has much of a formal identity. I know no. on the sign it says like. Oh, winners of the 1968 Little League World <laughs> Series or something. I, I guess that's the best I got. Home of the you know, Grogan's. No, I like seeing um, local, I mean, not to like competitive or nationalistic degrees or whatever, but, um, you know, Boston versus New York, Ohio versus Michigan, whatever. As long as it's in fun, I think that's, you know, a little competition always helps improve people.
1: Yeah, it's I mean it's crazy like you don't even really realize it when you're growing up and it. it's just kind of more or less what you know normal is and it's just something a lot a lot of it's related to the sports teams you know that kind of is a big deal here like you literally like worship the Steelers and
0: show the show the show the people uh, yeah that's uh even, for those, you only <laughs> <laughs> Listening, he's got a Pittsburgh Pirates tattoo.
1: It's supposed to just be Pittsburgh in general because you know, unfortunately, the Pirates kind of suck right now. But we won't yeah, go down I, that road. I, I like little the little uh, '60s and possible. '70s Pirates.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I follow baseball as little as possible, but even I know that the Pirates are um, about as subprime as 2008 mortgage. Doo-doo. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's not worse. So, but the other two big. Big teams in town are obviously the Pens and the Steelers. Uh Steelers had a great first half to the not gonna lie, they had me in the first half. Listen. They are that mean. They had me in the first half.
1: If you're a true Pittsburgh fan, it didn't it didn't get you. You knew I dude, I knew the ship was gonna crash. It's gonna crash again this year. I the fact that they even started that strong was a miracle. Like, no, that was a miracle season, but yeah, and they did I'll have you in the first half. Yeah. Pens are actually doing damn good. They are uh, third place in their division right now, right behind first and second. And that's honestly a big accomplishment because we thought we were going to kind of be on the down and down. Everybody's starting to get a little bit more old, but they're yeah. still in it.
0: Well, what's the... Um... What what at what age do you kind of start tailing off in hockey? I know in soccer it's like honestly around like 31, 32 is when you you are considered past your prime. What's that in hockey, would you say? Yeah, I mean it's
1: probably pretty similar. How old is Crosby? I wanna say he's
0: like 30, 31, maybe 32. Okay. So so it's probably about similar to soccer then
1: yeah the thing with that though is you'll have a lot of older guys in hockey um you guys some guys can get upwards to 40 he's 33 by the way um they can get up to 40 and still be playing in the league now they won't be very effective
0: position i'm guessing Uh... A couple, yeah, a, a in couple. Soccer, it's the goalkeepers who can go long. I mean, some, mm-hmm. there's actually a field player in Japan who just turned, like, 50, and he's still Oh, wow. Crazy. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> but generally, it's your goalkeepers who can, well, specifically continue at a high level until, like, the late 30s.
1: Yeah, Luongo, he was a big example of that. He played forever. Brodor. Yeah, there's a couple, like, Hall of Famers who they've just played. They played until they were really old and they were goalies.
0: All right, let me ask you this. Let's say hypothetically, the Steelers were playing on, in the Super Bowl at the exact same time that the Penguins were playing in game seven against the Flyers or the Capitals, your okay. choice. I know that's not possible, but <laughs> Flyers or Capitals, your choice. Which one would you watch? Uh,
1: 100% the Steelers, without yeah. a doubt.
0: Who would yeah. you like to see them playing? Who would be the most okay. satisfying
1: win? Well, I would, if I it, it wouldn't be able to be in the Super Bowl, but if it would be an AFC championship or whatever, I would want to beat the Browns or the Patriots. Oh, <laughs> um, I not sure, you're gonna say Patriots first. Um, you can't even be mad. I can't even be mad at what the Patriots did at this point. It's just like you have to respect it. Well, it I think after the- last season, I think Patriots fans are the most mad at what the Patriots have done. Yeah, yeah hey, you never know. I mean, they could be good again with Belichick. It could happen at any time. That's
0: just how he well, is. Well, I think, and like I said, I don't follow football a ton, but the things that make the Steelers strong are also what makes the Patriots strong, be it, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember his name. I want to say it was either Colin Cower or, I don't know, one of the sports talking head. He was saying yeah. the most important things are owner, GM, coach, quarterback. And, okay, at some point, Big Ben's going to need replacing, but they've got a good quarterback. They've got a good owner. They've got a good GM. Um, I think the opinion on the coaches, is if he Mike Tomlin is not as popular as he once was, would you say? Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right there. It's so Two of those four are on the decline, but you still have – I mean, I think the Looney family – I mean if, especially if you want to compare to um, the Brown family and what they've the mess they've created in Cincinnati. I know yeah. I have a lot of family. Um, but I will give a shout out to the Haslams, the owners of the Browns, because they were part of the ownership group that helped keep my beloved Columbus crew, crew. in our in our city where we belong and brought us home I'm a,
1: a I'm a, a crew fan. Baby. I, went a, I, went to, uh, I went to a game, I went to I went to a game before.
0: Oh, I love, yeah, which, um, okay, in terms of, like, experience just, like, hanging out or whatever. what is your favorite, pens, Steelers, or, um, Buccos. which one's the most fun to go to as a fan? Well, I mean, I've, I've been the I've been to, like, 30
1: Pirate games, probably, like, 15 payment games, but only, like, two or three Steeler games. It's a lot harder to get to those. Yeah. Um, Football would be the most exciting just for that fact, but honestly, I, I love hockey in person. There's just something, it's the biggest difference from TV to in-person, in, really? in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, and once again, I won't keep saying I'm not a fan of watching the sport of baseball or whatever, but I can definitely see the appeal of going to baseball games. It's very chill hanging out with the friends, you know, you, could, you don't even have to really pay attention to the game. Everybody's got tall boys, you know, it's a good time. I can see the appeal. I actually, um, last summer, summer 2019, uh, I was working with um, a foreign camp of kids from Vietnam and we attended a game at PNC Park, which I had never been before. And it's, uh, it's a pretty cool stadium. I like that center spiral that you can walk up yeah Um, well i also remember being stuck at security for 30 minutes because a 12 year old wouldn't give get rid of his squirt gun and he was crying and he couldn't (laughs) bring it in so that was a whole thing Um, but i mean even though i didn't (laughs) care what was going on down below it's still like kind of fun just hanging out music whatever so i mean pnc
1: is nice it is a very nice park it's it's more or less one of the best parks in the whole MLB, but it's just, I, I do enjoy going there, but it's almost just not as fun because they're not as good.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I know. But then also what's kind of nice, I like, um, you know, the hockey is indoors and the football is a big old mm-hmm. stadium in the yeah. baseball. You can look out and see the. Would, would you agree with me? I think Pittsburgh is a beautiful city. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Very up unique. up on top of the hills, especially for up on, on top of the hills. Mount Washington. And then I've also been on one of those, um, oh gosh, I'm totally- Trolley? Right. The, the Gateway Clipper, the boats okay. that go on the river. Yeah, was Clipper. I mean, it's, I mean, just kind of a big party boat, if you will, movie yeah. story. Wasn't anything too exciting, but it was just really fun to, it's a beautiful city, the rivers, the bridges, anyway. Mm-hmm.
1: We went on we would go on those uh, boats for field trips when we were in like first grade. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was I was working unfortunately and they had the whole bar <laughs> locked up and I was like
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's different. It's a it's a unique city. I I I feel lucky to that I can drive 40 minutes and not even, you know, and be there.
0: Yeah. All right, off the top of your head, what are the top five most Pittsburgh things? Like the most yinzy of the yin's. Five things to represent the, the belief of yinzism.
1: Well, uh, number one, I'll just would, would 100% be the Steelers. I feel okay, like okay.
0: Well, sports teams are all in one. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, well, first thing I think of is like a, as Permani
0: Brothers. I guess all right the manny brothers that's i've heard of them i'm Mm -hmm. there's not really any super close to where i am Um, okay not honestly that's not necessarily my kind of food like the big sandwiches right Um, right but i understand it's a big staple for sure but continue
1: yeah i like i like the sandwiches a lot by no means are am i super excited about them or anything but they're pretty good
0: but they represent Pittsburgh,
1: yeah. I, and, and what that is more or less is I think it's about putting coleslaw and french fries on everything. So, Pittsburgh and Western PA, and this will kind of, I guess, be the next answer is like everything's very uh Dutch, like Pennsylvania Dutch.
0: Oh, yeah, where
1: it all originates from like pierogies, coleslaw, french fries, potatoes. Oh. Um, you know, so that's kind of like a big staple. Um
0: Kind of catch Food. up, would you put on those? Heinz, the <laughs> let's say you brought home a uh, you nice young attractive lady and you know it was about to get to sexy time and they're like, ooh, I like me some hunts. No moon killer, moon get out. I get would drive out.
1: them down to Mount Washington and throw them over the mountain <laughs> down the trolley track. All right, all
0: right. <laughs> What else? What else is quintessential yinzery?
1: Oh, man. I mean, I guess the the lingo, like the
0: word um, yinz. Yins? Okay, yinz. Um, mm-hmm. Some other vocabulary I'm familiar with. Um, the Pittsburgh left. Are you familiar with the Pittsburgh left? No, I'm not. What is it? Oh, um, The way Harrison was explaining it, uh, well, okay, the way Harrison explained it was probably wrong. <laughs> he, just, he explained it as like, you pull out into the lane while it's still going, and then when it turns red, you turn, and I'm like, I thought that's what you do normally, but anyway. Okay, what about a Pittsburgh <laughs> toilet? Are you familiar with the term Pittsburgh toilet? Yes, I have one. <laughs> well, okay, well,
1: tell the people what it's about, because so do I. Uh, essentially, you just go into your basement, and there's a random-ass toilet sitting there with no walls. <laughs> yep,
0: and... mine is underneath, like, the stairs and <laughs>
1: Yeah. I actually have walls around mine. Luckily the people did it, but typically they have no walls.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and no sink or nothing like that. Just no. Just just so
1: you can go down there and take a whiz or a shit without anybody else bothering you.
0: (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. Any other um any other yin's hot phrases? Um secret codes.
1: Well, yin's means. I think it means like you ones i think that's the uh source of that you ones is where yins came from hmm. unless you're like yeah. live in the think city beer, beer? <laughs> what heineken come on uh icy light no dude Ying
0: yes but is <laughs> yingling considered yinzu um I, I mean, every Yinzu, I know it jokes off the Yingling.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I want to say Yingling's more PA, Pennsylvania in general, than just Pittsburgh. I could be wrong on that, but um yeah, okay. Yingling. I, I have a I I have a little grudge against Yingling because I used to drink it so much, because that was just what you drank from out here, and it would always give me a hangover. But now they have Yingling. I don't think that's White. the Yingling.
0: <laughs> specifically, the Yingling. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Yingling Light, and they just came out with Yingling Light. So,
0: pretty good. Stuff. How do you feel about um? There's been a big boom, and I was talking to JJ about this actually because he owns a liquor store. How do you feel about the boom in seltzers, hard seltzers? I mean, mm. I think in the last year specifically, those have blown up. What are your feelings? I, I like
1: them. I'm I'm down the break some laws with some claws every once in a while. I was um actually in Texas on vacation this past 4th of July.
0: Where in Texas, if you don't mind me asking?
1: About an hour out of Houston. I go down there about once a year. I have family down there. Okay, cool. And the first thing I think is, you know, beer, whiskey, you know, a man's, in Texas. Guns. Yeah. They're all down there drinking white claws. <laughs>
0: oh no i mean i defend i mean i'm like hey sometimes i mean sometimes i wouldn't drink them exclusively and especially because the way that they are low calorie is you know there's some chemicals in there that i don't want to be drinking a ton of but (laughs) every now and again i want to get drunk and not be totally fat is that a crime yeah, and it helps. It's like less of a hangover, I feel like. I don't know. And it's just like, like, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, of course, you can drink it by yourself, but it's fine. But it's real easy to mix with anything you want. Tea or, I mean, anything. It mixes easy. It's basically, it's yep. basically. I mean, it is water with some slight flavoring. carbonated yep. With some slight alcohol. Yep. Although, um, oh, he was actually, he was telling me, uh, JJ was telling me, though, you don't want to get the ones with malt in them. You want to get the ones with liquor in them.
1: Mm, with, okay, uh, like okay. most of
0: them, like White Claws and stuff, those are malt based. Um, but oh. you want to get the um, liquor based ones, is what you' okay. telling me. So that's something I'm going to try to. Con- I don't know, you know. Yeah, no I have it available, but truly... something I'm going to consider.
1: There's a couple different brands, Truly and uh, I like Truly.
0: That's where I first yeah. got <laughs> That's where I first got my start on. That's the first <laughs> thing I tried and I'm like, hey, okay. he's not that." The problem is it, you can't find a multi-pack that doesn't come with fucking mango. I do you not don't like mango mango <laughs> alcohol. No. <laughs> not everyone wants to drink mango alcohol, mango, uh, mango, 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 mango. <laughs> just don't do you- like it.
1: Do you see they came out with a, a new white claw called Surge? It's eight percent alcohol now. It
0: like it just came like out like a couple major, days ago. Just, yeah, no, I no, some, it, oh I it's saw alcohol uh, social media beef in between white claws and four locos, like four logos was yes, that claws. was what it was for. Yes. Mm-hmm. Totally random. How do you feel about social media companies, specifically on Twitter, like acting like people? How do you feel about that?
1: Uh, I mean it's entertaining it doesn't necessarily affect me so i think it's funny like a lot of the wendy stuff you know I'll get a lot fair of enough. memes from it <laughs> fair
0: enough man fair yeah. enough. especially <laughs> when they swing and miss hard oh yeah
1: oh yeah it's uh, the sports ones are funny too when like uh, different sports teams oh, are yeah, going man. at each other yeah you see it in
0: soccer now too all the time okay <laughs> sometimes it gets a little heated a little too yeah tough, but yeah Here's another tough one for you. Wiz or Mac? Rest, uh, rest in peace.
1: Uh, yeah, rest in peace, Mac. Uh, I, I, have, I have to go with Wiz. Yeah. He,
0: yeah, dude. He's been banging he, out hits since the early oh, 2000s, man. Dude, yeah. He's just skinny. been there longer. That ATL I've, freestyle. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was now, awesome i ain't let my money stray. money stray. <laughs> I, I think that might be my link tone right now yeah. which, although i'm about to change it to too many cooks because fire. i i've seen him live
1: uh five times five times i think how many times so have you milk? been
0: to in total
1: at least at least like 40 40 to
0: 50 oh, a bit of a connoisseur would you say <laughs> yeah what So as a concert connoisseur, what are some of the most important factors as a concert goer to ensure that you have the best time you can?
1: Yeah, I mean, you obviously want to go with a good group of friends so that you just have like a good little, you know, chill area to have. Have you ever gone to a concert alone? Uh, No, Now that I think about it. No, I've always gone with some friends. I Don't know then hmm yeah but anyway yeah. i'm sure i could find a way to have fun by myself i do i have done a lot of various things on my own being an only child but i'm you, just
0: devil's advocate
1: you definitely want to uh <laughs> be a little bit uh toasty a little bit uh you know a couple beers in you or something whatever works for you um the As reason dog
0: sh- would say before you hit the field <laughs> you get your mind right yeah exactly before you shoot your shot you get your mind right yeah yeah well we'll we'll continue point number three
1: um i mean essentially like the reason you want to do that is the the example in my head is um i I would go to a lot of rock shows where there was like mosh pits it was really intense in the crowd and uh, i won't get too much in detail on it but you're as sweaty like you jumped in a pool
0: and everybody's that your preference versus something that's more chill do you prefer to get rowdy or do you prefer to just chill out?
1: It depends on the artist. Um, but I would say I've had my best experiences at the rowdy concerts.
0: Okay, um, fair enough.
1: And being that's a little what, bit, um, that's under what Kraken the said. Makes it easier to move through the crowd.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what Kraken said. But then Stimpy said he was a bit more on the chill side of things.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah.
0: But anyway, to continue.
1: Uh, you know, and then like the obvious things with just like the venue, uh, the pyrotechnics and stuff. You know that can always make a show better or worse. Like, oh, from the some,
0: from the concert side, what are the three most important things for them to provide? Mm, most important, a good,
1: you know, a good place to be able to, you know, enjoy the concert.
0: they and uh, clean.
1: So, yeah, you know, you know, I mean it's it's a little situational If for a small area i want to be able to get up close at a small venue on a big big venue i want to have a nice chill area that we can maybe like party in
0: in the back but then as you get closer you can so there's a little bit for everyone
1: right right yeah yeah that would be most important because that's like your personal space um second you know sound quality and stuff obviously um I've been to a couple little shows where I couldn't even hear the guy singing.
0: <laughs> so like the hear, speakers or whatever.
1: Yeah, you can only hear like the bass yeah. or yeah. And then, um, you know, obviously, like the per- the performer Who's in, performing. Uh, yeah, hmm, you know,
0: that's Those all that kind of though.
1: circles the whole thing though. You know, obviously, it's all situational depending on if I'm going to see Wiz Khalifa or Leonard Skinnerd, <laughs> or A Day to Remember or Warp Tour.
0: <laughs> if you could, I know this might be hard, what has been your best and what has been your worst concert experiences? Yeah,
1: um, I mean, best concert experience I always think of is the one show, um, it's my favorite band, A Day to Remember. They're kind of like alternative rock mm-hmm. and it was right before they got really big so it was like one of the last venues they were, they played in that was really, really small. It was um, on Easter, I think like five or six years ago. Uh, essentially, I got up to the front row. I could, if I wanted to, I could have reached out and grabbed them this is how close I was. I ended up getting a guitar pick and a drumstick and <laughs> I, a couple high fives from the guys. <laughs> and now they're all big and you can't you'll i will never get that chance again you know?
0: <laughs> I um I have a friend who will remain nameless um but he was at a Juicy J concert and he actually was able to hand Juicy J a J that nice <laughs> oh, That's oh gosh good. was it Juicy or Wiz I know he yeah, was at a Juicy right. J concert throwing hundred dollar bills in the air and that got him a shout out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then the my 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 worst
1: experience was one year at Warp Tour when I was probably only like 17 or 18. It was like my one of my first ever concerts, so I was still learning, and essentially I had a heat stroke. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> it was terrible. Is that like,
0: is that? I mean, how generally, how big of is that? Is dehydration, especially during summer months, is that like a big issue? Yeah, um, d-
1: dude, yeah, it's it, it's a, it's a commitment getting in that mosh pit you're going to stand there for like three hours and you can't move and you can't get water and you can't get food the security guys will sometimes have hoses and they will spray them oh, on the crowd sometimes the security guy will hand water and it's literally like you're on like a deserted island like i'll take a little sip and like a you're, you you hand it off just hand it off and if like there was this one time where a guy just chugged it And everybody was like,
0: fuck you. (laughs) Jeez, jeez, jeez. I feel like you should just have like, I don't know, like a fountain up there in the front or something like that. You know what I mean?
1: I always said I should get one of those water buffalo backpack, water camel. Oh,
0: dude, because then (laughs) you're just going to get swarmed like a pack of
1: zombies.
0: (laughs) Die instantly. People
1: will be grabbing it from behind me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You'd have to have something so big that no one could take it
1: yeah lots of intense moments man like where you contemplate what like you're gonna pass out
0: <laughs> is that like how often are there like um serious medical i mean as far as you know is that like are there often serious medical dehydrations at festival or not festivals concerts
1: yeah i've seen a fair share of i mean um usually so you would say
0: when- one of your keys to a good uh, festival would be Hydrate and bring lots of water. <laughs> yes. Uh, that would be number 100%. one, would yes. you say? Hydrate and bring lots of water. <laughs> if you're okay, going in the because mos- <laughs> some people might not intuitively know that. And then they yeah. might go, especially with a couple of drinks, and then it'd be very easy mm-hmm. to you could see someone get dehydrated, it's very yeah. low risk. So mm-hmm. and like in terms of the concerts, I assume they recognize this as an issue. Do they do like advertising about the importance of hydrating?
1: Um, I mean, not. not, I don't think anything specifically like
0: focused on
1: that in general. To be honest, no. Or
0: should they? Uh,
1: Probably. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it can get really intense in there, and some pretty messed up things happen. I've seen people get in fights. I've seen little tiny skinny girls pass out, and we have we we pick them up and carry them to the front. The security guard carries them over to the medical. So
0: Uh, like specifically (laughs) with the dehydration issue, I think that's so, you know, Mm -hmm. almost obviously something they have to anticipate. And yeah, and even a single person going down for that is a huge liability for them. So I honestly find it quite shocking that they wouldn't be like every five seconds, water, everyone, make sure you drink the water. Because Stimson, well, Stimson was mentioning to me that some of them are cutting back on alcohol because of this. Okay, okay to help uh, fight dehydration and I was like but then what about the cotton mouth epidemic
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh man now yeah dude I I, I want to say it's something that you sign up for when you buy the ticket you're I don't know I feel like you got to know what you're getting into but um if you can get past all of that the, the the getting up front and having the best experience possible is so worth it so
0: worth it very nice very nice so i want to shift gears a little bit here and talk about a slightly different topic i know we are both gamers uh, xbox gamers specifically so i got to ask you what's in uh, what's in your gaming rotation right now um i actually
1: just Started and went back to play RDR 2, um, Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, yes. I already beat simulator. it. Yeah. <laughs> I already beat it when it first came out, but now I'm just going back and playing it. I'm going to be a bad guy. I was a good guy the first time. Now I'm going to do a bunch of bad shit because why not? Um, I was playing the shit out of uh, PGA 2K21, the new golf game. That's right golfer I've never seen the
0: appeal of those but uh, good mm-hmm. for you
1: when you're a golfer you have to you know. Do you golf? um i just got into golf last year um from last year till today i've probably gone golfing like 80 times
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. you're gonna be winning some money on may 15th
1: uh probably not because of my team but that's okay we're there for fun <laughs> um I, yeah, I play a lot of random stuff. You know, I I like sports games a lot, but then I also like a lot of like action adventure games, RPGs, yeah. um, shooters a lot more. When I was younger, not so much uh, now that I'm older. Other than maybe like the um, like PUBG and um, you know go back and play some old school COD yeah. every now and then. But
0: yeah, I'm I'm uh, personally not a huge fan of the battle royale. It's just not my cup of tea, but I can see why people like it. And Fortnite, I mean, I think it's got some really cool stuff going on with it. I just – I can't get in because I'm too far behind on the skill curve. I can never – Right. And, like, yeah, that's that's all. Um, do you, do you usually have, like, one game you play at a time or do you keep a couple in rotation?
1: Uh, a couple in rotation, but probably, like, a primary one. Um, yeah. Depending on how much I like it, if I if I like, for example, The Witcher 3, like it's one of like my all-time favorite games. I played that one like non-stop. Um, I also do have PlayStation as well, and I did the same thing with uh, the New God of War because I've always liked those games. Mm-hmm. So, typically a rotation though.
0: I like to mix it up. Well, I usually. I usually keep about a four-game rotation going on. Um, one of those spots is always reserved for FIFA. Whichever FIFA yeah. is out at the time, I'm going to be playing it. Um, <laughs> I go off and on on Ultimate Team every year just because it's such a grind, but it's fun too. So mm-hmm. anyway, I, yeah, switch back and forth. Every other year, I either do Ultimate Team or Career Mode. Um, okay. One of those spots is for a strategy game. Um, right now, well ever since I got it, it's been Civilization 6. I love that game so much.
1: Played the hell out of it. I'm Played so glad they so finally much. brought a
0: Civilization game to the Xbox. Of course, it crashes the game every two hours because the <laughs> Xbox can't handle it, but...
1: Civilization Revolution was out on 360 oh, long a long time ago. Me too. Me, that, me too, man. Too, man. <laughs> it was... Um...
0: Oh, gosh. I'm trying to remember. remember China was so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but that game was like... there was It was super jank yeah, yeah remember, you yeah. could you could put an unlimited number of units in the same square <laughs> and the ai didn't believe in upgrading their units so yeah they would you would just sit there for 10 minutes and watch them move a stack of 30 archers <laughs> around yeah. them, back and forth back and forth and... <laughs> i love those games they're they're unique for sure yeah but um some other games that have been in the rotation before um X-Com, for the Xbox 360, mm-hmm. and then, so you know, Smite, right?
1: Yes, I know what it is, but I had uh, never played.
0: It. Well, it, there was this side game, which unfortunately they they shut the servers down, so it was kind of a card-based, turn-based game, where you had you would build a deck, and you know, draw cards, all the traditional card strategic games. But then, when you would summon monsters or creatures or whatever, you would summon it onto this like eight by five grid, and you each had a crystal that you were trying to protect. So it had elements of will, and then each creature would have different abilities. So, and mm. then you would like combine abilities, and you, and it was all based on mythology, like smite. And so yeah. and each like, and then you would have like a deck master, and they would have their own individual ability that would chain with all. So it was fairly exciting and I played the crap out of that game But unfortunately they shut the servers down. Ah,
1: that's right up my alley. I, sh- I should have played that. I'm, I'm into
0: card so, games well, the, as well. The best part of it, it was free, but you could buy, there was expansion decks, which I ended up buying. That were fun. Okay, okay. Like there was one, there was a mind god of death where his ability was like he would summon a one-one zombie or Thor would summon a one-one Viking spirit. Um, or there was someone else who would like, I don't know. It's so very
1: like, similar to Magic, the Magic the Gathering.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a lot of similarities to Magic the Gathering as well. It's mm-hmm. just kind of interesting, like, because you're moving them around and, you know, some are ranged and some are melee and you're blocked. I mean, like, yeah. combines those two elements, which I thought, which I love. Because yeah. the one thing that I don't like about card-based games, I enjoy card-based games, I think Yu-Gi-Oh is a very well-made game. Please you mentioned Magic: The Gathering; it's another very well-made game. Um, but the one problem I don't like about card-based games is that you can just go into the game, and, into a game, and just have the wrong deck, and there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Um, if he just ha- if <laughs> exactly he just happens true. to be, I mean, similar to you know Pokemon, if he just happens to have all your count, if he just happens to have a counter to your deck. And, you know, there's no way of knowing what kind of deck your other person's going to have. You know, there's that going on. But that's true. That, there's a twofold where even if they've got you beat on deck, you could still maybe outmaneuver them on the playing field. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I mean, I, I mean, and it was kind of funny, too, because it wasn't a super popular game. So I was running into like the same six or seven dudes again and again. We would just keep. So it was like we had our own little mini community and we'd yeah. send each other GG messages. Yeah. You know, it was fun, I, but then it got shut down. So That's sad. Yeah. I, I, I had actually
1: something very similar when I was like, oh man, I had to have been like 14 or 15. It was on PS2. You okay. could buy it. It, it was this little box that you plugged into the PS2, and then you plugged your Ethernet cord into that little box. So it was literally like one of the first online gaming. Oh, games. I remember that.
0: I had yeah. it, but never set it up.
1: Yeah. Well, um, there was a game called Blitz the League. It was like a football game, like a really. Oh, I didn't have yeah. it, but
0: I know of the the type of game.
1: Me and my cousin, I swear, I swear, like you could look on the leaderboard and we were top 10 and there was only like a hundred people that played the game. And it was just kind of like cool little small community and we would have our headset on and people like like recognized us like, oh, you're, what's his face on the top 10. And it was cool. We were like 14.
0: (laughs) Speaking of game chat, how do you feel about the, you know, the shift from to most, mostly today in multiplayer games, people don't ever talk in game chat. It's just not really a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, maybe for some good reasons, maybe for some not. Especially <laughs> if you want to consider to the most toxic cesspool ever to exist, yeah. the modern warfare oh. to <laughs> pre-game lobbies, specifically modern oh. warfare to search and destroy lobbies. Yes. It would be, yeah. you would have, you know, babies in the background, you could cuss down who knows what language. Everyone's fucking everyone's mother, everyone's killing <laughs> each other. I mean, there's way, yes. way too many slurs from kids whose balls haven't dropped yet. Yes, it was psychological <laughs> warfare between the actual gunfire. Oh man, but yeah, you know, that... so many moments, so many moments at the lunch table <sighs> the next day, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, it's crazy that that's just kind of like what we were raised on. Like that type of vulgar language was just regular
0: every day. <laughs> But some kids had to do it quiet enough or else mom would come. <laughs> yeah. You could yep. tell who had a big room and a big house because they could say <laughs> stay their stuff way louder. The other person was like, oh, you,
1: you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Those were good. Those were the good days. Oh. There goes my kitty cat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there was also some not great things. I mean, you'd. I mean, you'd be like, especially oh man party on party party, on party warfare there would be because back in those days now call of duty switched it up now every time you get you get knocked out and put into a new server i think because they um i don't know i think that's, that's just, a good idea <laughs> well i think it's um like a data management type it's, okay. it's not because of that it's for a different reason but right. an unintended side side effect that you don't end up... Because you just end up the same... Unless you left. And like, oh, it, it would become merciful. <laughs> yeah, once you start... You know, you don't want to back down because then you're like, oh, they're going to think they're better than me for the rest of my life because I'll never <laughs> see them again. So, like, you, you're like... You're like Eminem. You got one shot to make these kids know that they were not <laughs> worth you. You got yep. one shot, so don't waste it, man. Your
1: gamer tag was the
0: size of your dick, practically. <laughs> and, you know, you start... You know, it gets really... Heated and people started looking up their names and looking them up on yep. Facebook. They're like, hey, you fat, you fat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're all 13, 12 years old. We don't even know half the words we're saying. And it's just, do you ever oh, hear, you know what swatting
1: is? You ever hear, oh, that's, do terrible. That? That's, yeah, horrible, that's terrible. That's a horrible, terrible thing. That's so bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's taking it too far.
1: Well, yeah, because it
0: also kind of combined with the, you know, the rise of trolling, if you will. Trolling became a thing around the same time. Uh, yeah, the internet troll culture, Well, yeah, yeah. internet two and troll culture mm-hmm. became a thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, oh my god, the memes back then were just like those, like those twenty different faces. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. 20 faces, and that was all the memes. Crazy <laughs> yeah, how far we've come. Yeah, do Memes have gone. Memes have gone off, man. Will you? Where do you go to get your high quality memes? I mean, I.
1: I mean, as like just Facebook, I guess. I mean, are you? Oh no, you know, I take that back. I I see a lot on Twitter, probably mostly on Twitter,
0: Instagram too. Oh, okay. You get the the second, third, and fourth the memes come <laughs> from 4chan, then they filter yeah. through Reddit, then they yep. filter through the Facebook, then they get to Instagram, and then finally to Facebook. Right, right. And then thirty years later. Old people share it on Facebook again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I made the, so I made the joke that there's the so, there so many people that if Facebook went down would go check their modem because they can, first oh, yeah. with the internet.
1: Yep, that's so true. Dang. <laughs> We're geniuses compared to that.
0: <laughs> All right. So I have a fun little list of fun little questions, and I would like you to do me just one teensy little favor, could you pick a number one through ten? Uh, three. All right, three, and I'm going to look up the corresponding question because I have um shuffled them here. Oh, this question came up recently on another podcast, but I think you're going to have a different answer. So, okay, how will the human race go extinct?
1: Uh. Pro- probably nuclear war or, mm-hmm. well, I see, I feel like we would, we would survive a nuclear war. Like we wouldn't go completely, completely extinct um, unless it was like really, 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 really bad, I guess. I don't know. But the, either that or just over time, uh, the sun exploding probably
0: will okay. get us. You yeah, don't see mm-hmm. something sooner than
1: um, we'll probably fuck ourselves up really bad to the point of extinction. I, bit, I, I mean, because if we get to the, the point that the up. sun is,
0: ex- I mean, the sun exploding, is that's going to happen anyway. So if we get to there, I think that's a success. You don't think there's going yeah. to happen? <laughs> I like how uh, I say that. If we get to the sun <laughs> exploding, that's a big win for humanity. Woo, woo we didn't kill ourselves. <laughs> we got killed by something else.
1: I, I, I think we'll probably fuck ourselves up a bunch along the way but I don't think we'll ever fully extinct ourselves. Fair I enough. think the universe will do it
0: for us. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think you agree. The only thing that I would put on there is the possibility of evolving. The only way humans might become extinct is if we are evolved from to the point that, you know, kind of what they say in the X-Men the mutation will replace the original. Yeah. So that's the only, if there's some kind of, well, and especially, now this was a conversation I was having with the PIMP Lim a little bit, when we get into genetic enhancements and stuff like that, we might see some, especially if it's gonna be based on financial capability, which it will, you have an oligarchy class of superhumans and they might just wipe us all out and then there's no regular humans left.
1: This is what actually that.
0: Alex Jones talks about Breakaway Society. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I've definitely, definitely heard break of Blaakaway Society. Well, you know, they're basically the people at the top are accumulating all the resources so that they can just fly away and then everyone else is just left to die.
1: Yeah, I could see I could see that. There's so much that we don't know. I don't I wouldn't roll anything out. Um, it with this the second you said the word evolution what my brain goes to is, you know, hopefully maybe, um, we can somehow, you know, get out of our flesh, if that makes sense. Um, you know, are you familiar with
0: Noelink? Have you been following up with uh, yes. Elon Musk? What are your yep. thoughts on Noelink?
1: I think it's pretty awesome. I mean, it can be scary too, you know, um, anything that we don't know is going to be scary. So, you know, there's a lot of unknown to it. So it is a little scary, but if you do it right, you know, it maybe one day it'll lead to kind of what I'm getting at here, you know, the whole thing where we wouldn't even have to worry about being superhuman and resources like our consciousness or, you know, our soul, whatever you want to call it, you know, the electrons in your brain that mm-hmm. he's attempting to control, maybe somehow we could you know, get that out there,
0: whatever out there is. But I would argue that like (laughs) skepticism and um, a certain amount of skepticism and resistance to such technological advances is actually healthy and beneficial Um, because if you had a society where everyone was on board with going pedal to the metal on, you know, be it self-driving cars or Neuralink or whatever, things would go probably too fast. So the skepticism and adversarial um, views on some technological advancements actually are healthy for so said te- technological advancements in some areas because it stops them from um, running when they maybe should be walking. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean,
1: you, yeah, you always wanna be cautious with you know things that we don't fully understand yet. I mean that's you know what Elon Musk Especially is all about.
0: He's scared of so powerful. Yeah. Something like, like the proton collider. If the if the <laughs> proton collider is not properly yeah. that that's one way where we very easily could go extinct. If you yeah. don't properly contain two protons colliding, yeah. Well, right. Right. The air lights on fire. Yeah. I mean so that's one thing that really scary is you got probably why I'm, I'm more concerned about that than nuclear war I think yeah cuz that's just one stupid fuck one stupid idiots or you know if you had some super crazy terrorist cult or something that wanted to cause the end of the war yeah uh, I would be looking at hitting that thing
1: yeah so i mean you got that's a take little concerning. risks concerning
0: to move forward yeah no um, and i i absolutely agree with that Overall, but I think we need to be extremely careful and go yeah. slower than maybe the scientists and innovators would like, you know, of course, yeah. Elon and all those guys, they want to, you know, they have the ideas and they want to put these pieces down because they have so many ideas to help society. But mm-hmm. if we kind of let them get carried away, if you will, the, the consequences will be far outweigh any benefits that they could hypothetically bring and in the end you're going to end up with a backlash that stops them from developing any progress and we end up going backwards it's true so, and yeah. that's my two cents on that's all you i got have to say. a
1: lot of regulation a lot of regulation behind
0: all there's got to be balance in in society and societal opinion that's why cancel culture is so toxic because difference in opinion is vital to healthy discourse. If we all agreed on the same thing, we'd all end up like California and California is a shit show right now because there's nothing but Democrats in every single office. That's Mm -hmm. not an indictment of Democrats. That's an indictment of single party ownership. Mm -hmm. But that's a whole nother. (laughs) Okay, pick a number one through 10 that isn't three. Let's
1: do seven.
0: How do you feel about the idea of a global government? And do you think it is, A, inevitable, B, good or bad, or, well, I guess it's just A or B? OK, so I first, mean, it's inevitable, and is it good or bad? Um, Inevitable,
1: but probably way down the road. Um, I don't think we will ever see that in our lifetimes, um, and if it has to happen, that probably means it's hopefully for a bad reason. If that makes sense, and what, it'll in end the, up being what would good. be some examples, maybe. <laughs> uh, you know, well, like if there's
0: like, um, if there's an apocalypse. Zombie, or, if there's a zombie apocalypse yeah. you'd be okay with a world government
1: yeah I mean you'd kind for of have
0: yeah I mean a uh, zombie apocalypse
1: Man, maybe not like a zombie apocalypse apocalypse I guess I'm more or less thinking of like if humanity is on the brink of extinction maybe for like uh, a pandemic or something
0: and or you know we all have to work oh, together or if you say things like that they could have <laughs> just declared world government this year you know what I'm saying yeah. So yeah. that's my that's my question. Well, they'll use that's the excuse they'll use is we have to form this world government well, because of x issue, whatever issue they can blow up at the time. How
1: how many people are there on Earth? Like seven billion, eight billion, or something close to that. Um, like seven and a half you know, a
0: lot, seven. a lot, just a lot.
1: I think a world government would more or less happen when there's probably close to like only like five hundred million people on Earth or something like that. If that well, well you sense. think that is um humans will humans will never get along in
0: um, such large numbers probably ever well i guess my question is why what makes the large numbers um shift towards globalism Um, why would increased populations shift towards globalism
1: i guess more or less the seriousness of the issue like obviously by no means is covid not serious But the world's not gonna end because of it. Like, you know, humanity's not gonna go extinct. So everything is mostly gonna stay somewhat similar to what we have now. But in a complete and utter end of the world, you know, plague where 90% of humans die, then I think all the countries may get together and say, okay.
0: So you, if if I could try to articulate your argument, um, you would say that there should not be a world government unless there is an event of the magnitude to require such a government.
1: Either either that end of the spectrum or the complete other end, with like, with we live in a complete, you know perfect society uh, which, if, that if, will ever if, if the world is
0: utopized right
1: yeah
0: so I, either i think one of those is a little bit more realistic than the other which one the apocalypse, <laughs> the apocalypse <for laughs> yeah. <sure>. yeah
1: exactly <laughs> so other than that i don't think we could ever i don't i i it's it's okay, in well nature
0: 2 do you think a global government would be Okay, a global government that was formed not from this, let's say like a global government formed tomorrow. Everyone just came out and asked, hey, global government, bing, bang, boom. Do you think that would be good or bad for the world right now? Um,
1: I, I would say, it would, I mean, it's just, there's, just too many, there's just too many conflicting ideas. I mean, I would wanna say it would be good but I can okay, maybe give
0: me your pros and cons if you are top three pros and top three cons of a global government.
1: Um, I mean, pros would be, you know, we could hopefully have some sort of uh, better health care of some sort. Um, you know, obviously, we would, we, I guess we would be stopping wars if we were, uh, you know, all together. You think if there was a global government, government, there would be no more war? Um, I mean, isn't that the goal
0: <laughs> to essentially all Yeah, but that's assuming, that's assuming that every single, what if not every single country wants to be part of the global government? Does the globe Is, is there going to be a war of unification? Hmm. Okay, see, I- is the global my government assumptions going
1: to conquer? Were that everybody was down to join? You're saying that we just- Sure, that was before, that. but
0: now I've changed it a bit to spice it up. Well- um because not it wouldn't even be to join war at that point
1: it would just be more or less rebellion <laughs>
0: um would, well, okay so i guess here's my question would membership to this global government be optional because mm, if it's optional it's not a global government it's just a coalition yeah so it can't be a global government without m- mandatory you know so it- it would all come
1: back to who has the most money and who has the most weapons, <laughs> um, the global government or the people who refuse to join it. I mean,
0: I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So would you say that you're generally not in favor of global government unless absolutely necessary? Right. I mean, in a perfect world, think. yeah. Yeah. I think people need to, I think we need to, everyone needs to figure out their own problems first before. Right. We- you know, before we start, although there are some issues, and here's where it's important where I don't believe in a global government, but I believe in, in coalitions, working together with allies diplomatically, coalitions to tackle problems that cannot be tackled by single nations. There's a lot of problems that cannot be co- tackled by single nations that affect all of us. Number one, climate change. Number two, China. China, mm-hmm. China is eating our breakfast, lunch, dinner, even our second breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and no one can beat China one on one. They're too strong. They're too authoritarian. They can do things with their citizenry that more democratic nations can't. You know, they yeah. can just you know, you got COVID. We're literally just going to trap you in your house. With, you know, with the welding. Yeah, right? can't do that. Yeah. Either, obviously, but it's one yeah. that gives them a strength. So in one proposal by my lord and savior andrew yang was <laughs> some kind of world data organization um now it would be something along the lines of so data data and information digital are the most important currencies kind of at this point yeah um and we well, okay well first of all we are terrible everyone is terrible at protecting their data from the Chinese. We are specifically terrible at it. Some of the other uh, more advanced countries are a little bit better at it, but if we all come together and we create one like universal place where we can all kind of store the data encrypted and safe and all that stuff, um, like a bank, a data bank, if you will, a world data bank. um, And then it would A, keep it secure from the Chinese and B, you know, it would be given access to nations who play ball. Well, that gives, you know, we have yet to find any way to get China to play ball on anything. It is scary, yeah. We have, we have no carrot or stick. We can't give them, you know, the economic tariffs don't work because they, their economic foundations are, you know, our foundations are built on top of their foundation. We, we, we gave away half of our material yeah. yeah. to them. So they own us basically. They, um, yep. They don't actually hold as much debt as some people think. They only hold about 5% of our debt, but that's a side issue. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we can keep floating bigger and bigger ships in the South China Sea, but that just seems to be pissing people off. Like, we don't have any practical solutions to China right now. And data is the commodity. Um, The only problem is, the flip side of it, of course, is you have the example of the World Health Organization, where you have, you know, organizations that will just turn around and let china do whatever they want and they become you know yeah it's if you know if the world data bank was to become a lackey of china like the world health organization was then we're even worse off than we started yeah so it's a matter of execution but the concept itself using data as a way because i mean what else do we have what else can we do to motivate them to not just totally destroy everyone because they're yeah. destroying everyone do you, do you think it's coming?
1: Do you think that something bad's gonna happen with them in our lifetime
0: or um, if some I believe, and I go at Blasphemy, foreign policy, whatever, John Bolton jump in my comments and tell me when we <laughs> start a war. Um, if we mm, I don't know about time, but I would say during our lifetime for sure. If something isn't done to change course, China will conquer all of Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. They've already been doing it softly. They've been, I mean, Chinese nationals have been going into countries such as Vietnam and, um, you know, Singapore, and obviously they've been trying to unify Hong Kong and Taiwan for a while. But they've mm-hmm. been slowly buying up all the property, pushing the values up and gentrifying it. Um, mm-hmm. And then once once they've got enough of a foothold. And if they've got enough economic strength, um, and if they've got enough diplomatic leverage that they can get away with it, similar how Russia did with Crimea, mm-hmm. um, they'll do it. Though, and do. especially with so much instability, Myanmar has so much instability. I could see China coming in and be like, "Hey, let's help you out."
1: Do you think they'll be the next superpower? They are behind the United States. They're already there. Oh, we. Well,
0: I think I would, I think I'm being um, a bit kind if I said that we're neck and neck with them. Mm-hmm. The only reason the United States is considered superior at the moment is because of legacy reasons and because the US dollar remains um, the the lead currency. The problem, what's going to happen is it's going to be once the dollar stops being the dominant currency. If the yen takes over as the dominant currency, all, all of Southeast Asia is now China. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we're able to get this Bitcoin thing going on here. Yeah,
1: Bitcoin yeah. will
0: save save Southeast save Southeast Asia by Bitcoin.
1: <laughs> Hashtag.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then not to leave Asia, but the other the other problem um, is you wrote nuclear states, both Iran and North Korea. Now North Korea yeah. not right there yet, but and you know people bagged him, really bagged him for it. But I, I will say unequivocally, and I don't care if I get bashed, Donald Trump got, at least got a meeting with the dude. At least yeah. he got there. it's better than any, you know, sitting there bashing him with economic hardship for the people. You know, it's, it's all going to them. It's not like economic sanctions are going to hurt the royal family or whatever. Yeah. It yeah. only hurts the people. At least we got in the room with dude, even if he bullshit and said nothing. <laughs> it's better than you know it's better than nothing yeah so like what everyone's true. like oh he's he's kissing up to dictators he's like no he's actually doing something different yeah and we also saw so there's two parts to this um the fact that he almost got into a war with iran because john bolton almost turned him up into it covid literally stopped us from going to war with iran i think yeah. people, especially in january I think it was real close. We were yeah. real close to going to war with Iran. And if it wasn't for COVID, we probably would have. Um, so there's that. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> then on the flip side, especially um, later on in the last year of the administration, um, and I guess I have to give credit to Jared Kushner. Um, we signed a couple of unexpected peace deals in the Middle East. I mean, nothing spectacular, but, you know, we're breaking new ground there and we were breaking new ground with North Korea, and this whole, everything Trump did was evil, and we have to do the complete opposite of that. Well, when you throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, you lose progress, and you've already seen it. North Korea's clammed right back up. Yep. Know, and I, Iran knows that the Pentagon, well, actually, maybe Joe Biden might stand up to the Pentagon. Maybe he's saying he's gonna pull troops out by September eleventh. I have my doubts. Yeah, yeah. But the Pentagon has just been making every president their bitch since like Eisenhower, basically. Yeah.
1: Pretty much. Yeah, it's it's
0: so Iran's probably a lot going super on. happy with us because, well, the other thing we need to do is stop associating with Saudi Arabia. That's bullshit. <laughs> we give we sell so much weaponry, military stuff to Saudi Arabia. And then they turn around and give it out to all the fuck, all the fucking yep. terrorists. Yep. And like we're just pumping guns into the region, and then we turn around like, oh, weird. where are all these guns in healthcare? Yep. You know, it's it's Iron Man. Like, hello, <laughs> did, did we not watch Iron Man in two thousand eight? Hello, and we we're still doing it. It's all it's about money. Day. It's all about that money. Yeah, Saudi Arabia sucks on so many levels. Sorry, Saudi Arabia, you suck <laughs> on so many levels. And but we're like super buddy buddy with them because we have huge arms deals contracts and all this BS, right? Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, anyway. So, uh, one more? Yeah, let's (laughs) do it. Go off on another diatribe. Let's do it.
1: Hey, no, that's your
0: that's your expertise, bro. I was loving it. All right, one through eight. Now that you've gotten two out of the way, uh, one. One, one. Mm. All right. So this question is also a quote from the man Hathaway. Okay. What is love? Don't <laughs> <Hunting> me. Don't hurt me no more. <laughs> <Singing> is this the right, question? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. What is love? What is love? How would you define love? Wait, are you being serious? Yeah, the question is how would you define love? Oh um, take a minute. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the an overwhelming uh energy that you feel um when something uh positive occurs in your life so love can be more than just what you feel like when you say you love your mom or you love your girlfriend or you know you love your spouse whatever it may be um, you can also feel love you know for a sports team or uh, you know a hobby or whatever it is so in my eyes it's more or less like just an overall, positive energy that you you feel your body your
0: body and your mind gets that energy and you feel it you kind of feel different energies like I'm not gonna say there's different kinds of love but it's like um, an almost infinite spectrum of different ways um, of love like you you gave a couple good examples there you don't love your mom the way you love your girlfriend the way you love your sports team or at least I hope not you might need to go to therapy if you love all three in the exact same way, um, but you know those those are all three true, genuine expressions of love at the same time. And I don't know. Yeah. Do you, think, do you? Is there a physical sensation to love? Do you think?
1: Oh yeah, without a doubt. Are you just that? How would euphoric? you describe it if you could?
0: Um, like a euphoric feeling, euphoric in the chest. Uh, yeah, definitely no. in the definitely in the chest like not even yeah. on the heart but almost like mm-hmm. in the middle of the chest not like the yeah. heart, but like from you very very center And you know, it's almost yep. just like i don't know like i don't want to use the word butterflies it, well <laughs> i mean it's almost just like um a ring of energy just like going like that at the speed of yeah. light you've got your energy speeding in a circle at the at the speed of light if you will right if yeah yeah um, now, I, I'm not super familiar with the um, the concept of chakras. Have you, have you heard of chakras, I assume? Yes. Oh, yes. Something like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you feel like the river is totally flowing. All the chakras have been... Right. All your chakras are aligned. You feel like all your blockages have been mm-hmm. unleashed and aligned. Would you say that's the sensation? Well, yeah. I think, I, love mean, is part of, I think love is part of that. Love is one of those chakras. I, I think, think it's the key. I would argue each chakra feels a little bit different like you know light bulb over your head that's a (laughs) shock just like love is a shocker, and then you you get little physical sensations but they're Mm. different just like you know love and it you know be it the light bulb or the, the beating heart or the bing, 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 you know. Ass, like, yep. Don't break your neck or whatever. you know. Or it's like, you know, I'll tell you what, when Lucas Zelorion scored that third goal and I knew we were going to be MLS champions, I was <laughs> on my knees like. Yes. yes. I, had, I had more than my customary one Lucky Heineken. Yes. Championship, so I was a bit emotional. But, you know, and that was, I don't know, that, that feeling almost came from like, that almost came from the diaphragm i don't know mm-hmm. well that's there is a physical there is such a there is a slight physical sensation to not just love but to i don't know the the freedom you feel it when your energy is free yeah you know it's you know and for the head i usually say like writer's block you know especially like can you imagine someone who's stuck on writer's block for a while and finally gets that piece fully or whatever like yeah, the feeling that feeling is basically is the love of their mind, yes, and then you have yes. the love of the heart, the love of your own, you know, runners high that endorphins that's the love of your own body, if you will. Love it's you it's
1: essentially it. the key to everything. I mean, just to bank off of what you were saying, there's obviously a lot of different versions of it, but I think you know, at the end of the day, at the end of You know, a relationship, at the beginning of a relationship, when you get to the end of, you know, when you're on your deathbed, that's what you're going to be thinking of is love. And I think with all the negativity and everything and craziness that's going on in the world now, and, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what, I think every single soul, every single person is going to feel or at least strive for that love. And I think that's kind of what pushes us, maybe our, our consciousness and our souls forward. I think that's kind of the key to it
0: all, the, the positive. Love's, love is the carrot yeah.
1: that yeah. pushes
0: us forward. Yeah. But, you know, even in our loves, we have to, I always take it back to the yin and the yang. In our love, there has to be a touch of fear. and in, in our fear, there has yes. to be a touch of love. You know, we fear because of our love. Yes. Love just a little bit, I think, because of our fears. Amen. Absolutely. I think that was extremely well spoken. Seth, I love you. (laughs) I love you too, (laughs) dude. And I love also all of our wonderful listeners. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. I had a bang on time with my man, Seth. Um, We'll definitely be having him on again. This was fantastic. Uh, Seth, any last vibes you want to throw out to the people listening? from the yinzu captain
1: himself. <laughs> uh just thanks for having me on i uh know i mentioned to you off screen before um just like how much i love you're doing this podcast all of your passions mm-hmm. you know trying to as much as we can make a difference out there with our with our words and our feelings so um you know i'll come back i'll keep supporting you i hope everybody else supports you and um you know,
0: just keep. Living I'd like your to dream. think this episode will make one person's day. You know, when no, I've got neat little, little peek behind the curtain. This this episode, I record episodes and then they usually don't come out for a couple of weeks because of backlog and scheduling and all that stuff. But uh, I know when this one comes out, I think it'll bring a smile to at least a couple of faces. So I hope so. I, I think that's so. I think that's good. I think that's good enough change in the world. If I can bring a couple smiles a day, that's better than it was. So. That's what it's all about, man. Everyone, make sure to keep on listening at DP to the brain where we keep on feeding those frontal cortexes. Thanks, guys.
1: See you.